lounging son. Welcome back to the Comic Lounge. My name is Ryan, and back with me, my awesome co-host Manny, back with another weekly pull. A lot of books, a lot of books yeah. this week. It was insane. It's a we great talk. week, man. You know, like like when uh, when I got to that register at the comic shop, I was like, I was like, I mean, I was stoked, but I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I I probably like. I'm I'm so lucky that I get my discount because like I was what like I I saw the pile and this is probably the biggest week that I've had in in like weeks, dude. And then I was like handing people their polls last night and like like stacks like this fat because some people get like there's customers who they get like almost everything Marvel and DC sometimes you know and like yeah. and indie stuff and variants and it's like this was a crazy fucking week. Um, a lot of good stuff, a lot of debuts, a lot of number ones that were really good, I thought, and even some like, you know, endings and some continuing stories. I'll let you lead off if you if you're down to if you want to start. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I'm going to start with what uh, was my favorite book of the week and the one I was uh, anticipating the most. And that was the 10th uh, and final issue of uh, David Pepo's uh, run on Savage Avengers, bringing the excellent storyline you know, to a close, man. A um, little bittersweet because I would love to see him continue to write this team and this concept. But at the same time, he found a perfect way to end it and still leave you like uh, like with a hint of, of maybe like having more. So basically, um, if you haven't been reading it, this run, this run found the team pulled into the 2099 universe and they were fighting Ultron who had taken over the, the, the 2099 world uh, using like uh, an army of endless deathlocks. And uh, the Savage Avengers uh, had been uh, being assisted by the uh, by Jake Gallows, who's the Punisher from 2099, but he got killed in the uh, last issue. And uh, they also had a deathlock on their team who actually, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but the main deathlock in this series is a uh, Miles Morales from an alternate universe that eventually became deathlock after, you know, you know, probably yeah. about when he was in his thirties. That's from volume one, right? Cause I think I, yeah, cause I read that part. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't find that out right away, but, but, it, but you do find out. So anyway, uh, they make a last stand against uh, deathlock and dude, it's great. I mean, like it's obvious that this is what he's been building to. And uh, if you love the 2099 world, you're going to love this because, like, spoiler alert, if you haven't read it, they're not in it a lot, but he pulls some of the best 2099 characters for, like, that final battle. You got Spider-Man in there. You got Ravage. You got people from X-Men 2099. You got Ghost Rider 2099. You got Doctor Strange, the female uh, Strange 2099, you know? And, like, just seeing those characters all together uh, with the Electra Daredevil, like, yelling Avengers Assemble and then the narration calling them the the uh avengers 2099 i was like why didn't marvel ever do avengers 2099 like what the fuck marvel you know what yeah. i mean like that, that's such an obvious and then you also find out in this issue who's been narrating the whole time and it's the fucking watcher you know like uh, it's like it's just like, it's such a fun read and i highly recommend it now that now that the run is done it's 10 issues man you can read it pretty much all in like a couple of sittings because it reads so fast but it was great. I loved everything. He left everything wrapped up, you know, and he even finds ways to advance some some things that I hope stick. Like he he finally makes uh, Loke and Dagger uh, reveal like that they do love each other in a romantic way. You know what I mean? And they share a kiss, which I don't know if that's ever really been done. I don't know Cloak and Dagger too much, but they've always sort of hinted at that. But he found a way to, to sort of cement it and, and, you know, make them make them almost a couple. And uh, 
he brings the team back into the the proper you know Marvel world at the end, but it ends on such a note because like they're all about to be like, all right, well we all go we all go our separate ways now, I guess you know like it was fun, but you know we always had the time stream battle, and then Fing Fan Foom pumps out of the fucking like water and attacks New York City, and they're like, what the hell? One more time, let's go, and then it just ends, you know. And I was like, fuck yes, dude, you know, like like if he ever wants to pick that up, it's fine, but. Fing Fang Foom, man, just popping out of the water yeah. like Godzilla, you know, like just he understands that this concept has to be fun and uh, not taken very seriously. Although that doesn't mean that it's silly or dumb, you know, it's just like he understands it's like, you know, it's it's a fun concept and it's great, man. It's probably one of the best issues. And I just want to pull out. I shared it with you and I shared it on social media, but I do want to share my panel, favorite. Dude. Yeah, yeah, dude, I got to pull up that panel because it is fantastic, right? there you see all the yeah as soon as i saw ravage bro i was like yep and it's funny because i interviewed him um on another on you know on new comic book day night live and we asked him oh you know how come you didn't put ravage in there and he was just kind of like eh, you know what i mean and i was like motherfucker <laughs> he fucking pulled a fast one great yeah. great you know but uh yeah man loved it he is he's an underrated writer dude i don't think enough yeah, people man. like really know his stuff but if you read his indie stuff like I don't know. Have you read Spencer and Locke? Yes. By him? Like, that book is great. I loved all of the Spencer and Locke books, you know? And, like, to see him, like, he's now he's at Marvel and he's doing some stuff. And it's clear that, like, you can see that he has a love for the hit, like, pulling out deep cuts, like, with, you know, 29 yes. certain Yeah, he's characters. definitely a Marvel zombie, you know? But he doesn't come off as a fanboy when he's writing it, you know? It's just like, no. you feel the love. But it doesn't come off corny at all in terms of like no, it's 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 not corny, man. And he finds a way to like elevate these characters. Like, I mean, Weapon H, who's one of the main characters in in this run, you know, who, who I haven't even really been aware of him, but he he makes me like the character and wants I want to find out more about him, you know, like yeah, it's interesting the roster he picked and made it work because like you know they're they're not the the typical they're not, they're not even your typical B and C listers, you know, that you would expect. He's pulling. Like you said, some deep cuts, you know, he's got Cloak and Dagger, Anti-Venom, uh, the Black Knight, you know, like pulling from all eras, which is basically what this concept should be, you know. And and it's a testament to him as a writer and the series as a whole that when they had to drop Conan, which was the hook of the entire, iter every single iteration of Savage Avengers, it still works. Definitely recommend Savage Avengers number 10. Um, the trade will probably be coming out that wraps up the uh, the second one. So if you're waiting... Uh, I think it's already even been announced, so like it should be out in the in the next coming months. But the single issues are probably still out there, so pick them up, man. So that's my pick. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to read the second. Pick. You, you yeah. put that you put that panel, and I was like, okay, I, I'm not gonna yeah. wait for the trade. I had and to I, share that panel with. Luckily, as as I all of them up last night when I went to work, so I can't wait to read it. Uh, I will talk about Superman one. So this was the book I was anticipating the most. Uh, Joshua Williamson and Jamal Campbell. You know, it's kind of a new era. We're entering like kind of like a new era, especially while well, DC's doing the dawn of DC, but also like Superman is kind of they're revamping it. Uh, I think the only real holdover would be Philip Kennedy Johnson staying on Action Comics, and then Tom Taylor is going to relaunch uh, the John Kemp book. But Joshua Williamson hasn't been writing Superman. You know, he just got fresh off Dark Crisis. Um, I know he's going to be writing Green Arrow during this era of dawn of DC, and just in this issue, just encapsulates why superman is so great what such a great character you know we get you know the newsroom is back the identity his identity is back and that happened like in the 
think it happened in either it was the end the the tail end of like the last kind of iteration of what they were doing right like before they did the dawn of dc so he's got his identity back which means he can be back as a reporter which i think is one of the most important parts of clark kent you know um, yes man i mean that, that's i mean that's pop culture. and then you have like stuff like this like jamal campbell i don't know if you know his stuff if you've read far sector um he did the art on that he did naomi I don't know if you've read those, but I I, uh, I read a couple of issues of Far Sector, and uh, I know what Naomi is, so I know who he is, and I, I've always found him to be a really good artist, but I, I never really read such like, a good. I, none of his books were ever on my pull list. I I wanted to add that that Superman because I've been wanting to get back more into reading DC, and I thought maybe that would be a good this starting point. So is such a good starting point. Let me just say that it like for the first okay. page, it's it's so funny too because like the first page you open and it's. Martha Kent yelling at Clark, like dropping the middle name too. So, you know, when your middle name gets dropped by your parents, you're yeah. in fucking trouble, you know? And he's like upstairs, like listening to music or something. And, uh, what is Clark's middle name? I, I don't know it. Yeah. Clark Joseph Kent. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, uh, so, you know, like he's sitting in the room and you see, like, there's a little panel with a uh, Mon Pa right there talking. And it's like, she's like, oh, it's that Pete, Pete Ross is a bad influence on him. And, and, and you know, Pa's like, no, no, he's a, he's a fine boy, you know? And like, you, and then like, you can hear, like, you know, like when they do like the, uh, the certain word balloons where like, you know, it's Clark hearing it with his super hearing. Like, there's no yes, actual yeah. line. Okay. So he's sitting up in the room and then, you see, like, I love this panel, too, because, like, it's it's just him sitting in the room, right? And then, like, you see the glasses, and he's about to jump out the window. And then it just opens to, like, this I, – I don't know Glass why, but logo. I just – I just I love that they do that. And it's, like, if you look really closely, you can see the silhouette of him flying. Oh, nice. Right? And uh, then it goes to this montage, which I showed you, which, is like, just has, yeah. like, panels of, like, you know, the, the Jor-El and Lara-El. And stuff like that. Yeah, like the origin being told, like, like, like. Yeah, yeah, and then it comes back, and he's fighting Livewire, which if you watch the Superman animated series, that's where she debuted, you know. And uh, it's just the return of of Clark, kind of like Lex is in prison, right? So we're dealing yeah. with all that, and uh, they they introduce a new a new chief of police, who I don't, I mean, he's not, I'm pretty sure he's not Chief Kakoa. So like. They're kind of building the supporting cast, introducing some new people. I know he's got a new villain that he's gonna have, and uh, this is this is what I really love. Lois Lane is the interim editor in chief at the Planet. That's you know? awesome. That's a great idea. And I love that. I, I don't know why I love this so much, but just Clark sitting there writing his own story because he's writing about Superman taking Lyra, but he's got like headphones on to kind of like drown out some of the sound and. You know, like this is this is again teasing kind of like what is going on with the super family going forward. And you know, I don't want to get too much into it, uh, in terms of like spoiling anything else, but I do love I mean Lois dropping a great Caesar's ghost. I love that. I mean, just oh, man, look, that's at, awesome. look at this art, dude. I mean, he was like such a perfect match for Superman. And yeah, he really is. And what's funny too is like all of a sudden, like so Lex is in is in prison, right? And the and the Luther, I guess Luther Tower, right, is getting changed, and it turns into this fucking super oh, wow. tower, changing the name to Supercore, and basically Lex left it to him. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I don't know why are you leaving it to Superman? You know, and Mercy, you know Mercy, his assistant. 
Yeah, of course. So she's like kind of like on Superman's side. Like, so that mystery is kind of interesting. Like what's going to be moving forward? Uh, A whole team of people that are working and like Superman logo just everywhere. I don't know. I just. What a great idea, man. It is. And Williamson is, he's, dude, he's the perfect, like, he's the perfect writer for this generation in terms of like, I kind of think of him as like the spiritual successor to Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns, a spiritual successor to Mark Wade, right? Like of honoring the past, bringing stuff in fresh you mentioned and that before, adding yeah. stuff. And I feel like Williamson just like knocks it out of the park. And I mean, uh, he's been almost like the architect of the DC universe for a couple has, of years. He has days, been so. for, for yeah. a little while now. Yeah. So I like that. And then like a hologram Lex Luthor saying that he's there to help Superman just this issue is just full of so many cool little moments. Lex has got a cart, you know, like has something up his sleeve. Um, of get, course, yeah. You get Parasite, like looking fucking like creepy as fuck, like a different yeah. version of Parasite. Uh, okay, I don't need to, I don't need to say the reveal, but obviously, and then obvi- these are what I always love too, like the coming soon, right? I saw that posted on, uh, I think it was on Twitter, and I yeah, was like, yeah. man, I love, I love when they do that, like, like give you like snippets of like. Even if like different, different, like what's going to happen, you know, like, so it's great, man. It's a, it's a good way to hype you up for the storyline. Yeah. You sold me, man. You keep selling me on books and I keep adding them. And then listen, unless I'm going to spoil this. So if this is probably one of the biggest spoilers, because they have not talked about this. Do you want me to, can I show you? Yeah, man. I I, I don't mind spoilers. Sometimes you want to read stuff. All right. So the very last page, this is one of my favorite villains of Superman. We get Brainiac coming back, dude. Oh, nice, dude. And just, like, it's just, it's, like, glitchy and stuff. It looks like you're looking at it through a computer screen. And I just, I love Brainiac. The fact that they never did, of all the vil- all the times they've had Superman on screen, and they've never done Brainiac, I think it's such a disservice. Like, when they brought Brandon Ralph, you know, for that Superman movie, and they had Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor, he should have done a different villain. We've seen Lex. Get Lex out of your fucking mind. Or pull the fast one and made us think it's Lex and then have Brainiac. Come. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? like, and then even Man of Steel, like, I guess I get it with Zod, but, like, you didn't have to go that route. I hope to God that this new Superman movie that they're doing, I'm sure they're not going to do Brainiac right away. I, I already know that I, I won't get my hopes up. But Brainiac is such a good villain, and I cannot fucking wait to see what Williamson yeah. does with him. I can't wait to like. I love the newsroom, like I said. Like it, it's got everything I love about Superman. Yeah, the newsroom is a big part of it, man. It, it should be a big part of the. Of and it's the funny because, like, I was talking to to Mark Wade yesterday a little bit, and I mentioned Superman, and he's like, "You're gonna love that first issue." And I and I and I talked to him before I was able to read it, you know, and like he was right. This is probably one of the best Superman comics I've read in a while, and I'm so excited to see what he does. If you have not read Superman in a while great jumping on point i think any of the the new ones donna dc the action comics 1051 i think was the first one there then they got a john camp book but if there's one superman book you pick up this is this is the one to pick up uh my second pick is uh the final issue of pink lemonade by uh nick Hag- nick Hagnetti. uh yeah pink lemonade is a title he'd been published through different publishers and even self-published he did a, a Kickstarter uh, crossover with uh, um, Jamie Jones. Jamie Jones is the baboon, you know. That was so dope. Like Pink, yeah, I have that too. I've I've always loved the concept of Pink Lemonade. It's very mad, madman. You know, it's like a fun sort of throwbacky, like innocent 
superhero concept that uh, that is all ages in, in the way that I love that it's uh, it can really be picked up by a kid or by an adult. And it's going to be a great read no matter what, because like it's not it's not like a like a dumb cartoon or dumbed down in any way. You know, it's just it's just perfect for just about anybody. And uh, I'm so happy that he had been able to go through uh, through Oni Press because, you know, it's a it's a it's a bigger publisher. So I got his book out there mm-hmm. and uh, great wrap up to the to the uh, series, man. Like the storyline in this had been that uh, Pink Lemonade was trying to make they were trying to it, she's sort of like a just a, a a freewheeling, like fun-loving, adventurous, like superhero. She's got her crew of like misfit like characters, and they were making a documentary about her. And then this evil, evil like a uh, media conglomerate was trying to steal the idea. And it all kind of culminates in this issue with like a concert being performed by a DJ. And it's just like it's a lot of fun, man. And it, it, he still finds ways to sneak in like these little cool jabs at at, at modern culture. Like there's a fun joke about NFTs, you know. There's but it's not bogged down by that. Like, it's not about that. The book is still about, like, embracing the medium of comics and, like, using it to just create this story that pops and flows and moves. And I, I just love it, man. Uh, I-, I think we need more books like Pink Lemonade out on the stands because they're not bogged down by continuity. They're fun concepts that like, you can almost pick up an issue and enjoy it. And, if you know, if you're not, like, a, a diehard comic book fan, this is very easily accessible because it's it's just so pretty to look at and so fun to read that it almost has a feel, I think, like what old school comics were, where you could just sort of pick up an issue and enjoy a story with some fun characters. And he's very good about like letting you know what each who each character is. Like when they talk to each other, they use their names a lot. So like you don't get like, who is this guy? No, you you read you read the page and someone will call him by name. Like he's clever like that. You know, it's it's uh it's it's just it's great, man. I hope that it's not the end of Pink Lemonade. I'm sure it's not because uh, he uh, he does an afterward where he talks about, I think he is taking a break from the character, but he says he's also not done with telling stories about her. And so, yeah, man, Pink Lemonade is great. And uh, I just want to say, like, I, I follow Nick Cagnetti on Twitter and, and uh, Instagram, and he's always posting these awesome drawings of Spider-Man. Marvel, give this guy a Spider-Man miniseries. Yes, like, dude. He does, he does the... What are they called? Not the thumbnails. Whatever. He does Spider-Man art for my friend Dan Gavazdin, who has that amazing spider talk podcast. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so like I and I met Dan at the at the comic shop I work at because that's his that's his regular store. And you know, we became friends and he told me about his Spider-Man podcast. And I'm like, and then I realized that Nick Cagnetti, I was like, dude, how did like how did you get him? Because he does, he evokes like that like joy of Silver Age. In yes, his art, yes. like he has that, and his coloring, it's oh, like dude, it's his coloring is next level, It just pops, man. dude. It's like pop art. Yeah. That's what it. That's what it feels like. It is. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was at a loss for words, and he pulls from all eras of comics too. Because one of my favorite characters in Pink Lemonade is uh, Ron Radical, who's sort of like a a very like loving riff on like '90s extreme characters, you know. And yeah. but like again, like he he finds a way to like poke fun at the character in a way, but still like make you love. And it's clear that he just loves comics and he, he finds a way to, to sort of playfully like jab at, at the, at the medium while still having a lot of love. It's, it's the only way that someone that can make fun of something because they love it. And like, that's, that's what I get from him. But again, that's not what the comic is all about either. You know, it's still like a fun story and it has a message, man. Like, you know, it, it ends with like sort of embrace, embracing who you are the good and the bad and understanding that like you know change is hard 
and that when you change changes a continuous process like all these things are in there so like it's not like you're just reading something vapid and just colorful and, and eye-popping for the sake you know it, it's he's he's putting a lot of thought and executing it very very well and i can't recommend it enough so if you're looking for something different uh and you love madman you like the, the work of, of mike allred you love the silver age give pink lemonade a chance because you will love it and uh, I'm sure that uh, Oni will be releasing a trade of these six issues in the coming months. So you can probably find that somewhere at your local comic shop. I'll talk about uh, Blue Book next. This book, I you know, I recently talked to to the artist, Mike, Mike Gavin Oming. Uh, James Tynan is the is the writer of this book. So this book debuted on Substack, on, on his on his subs, on Tynan's Substack. I wasn't about to subscribe to a bunch of Substacks when they when they did that, so I always just wait for print. You know, like that's kind yeah. of the format I like to read in. I get that this stuff is colored digitally, so sometimes it does look better on the screen, mm -hmm. you know, than it does in paper. But I love UFOs. I love conspiracy theories. So this book too, is man. like right up my alley. And I didn't get a chance to read it before we talked, but man did he sell me on the book when we were talking about it? You know, like he just like him just describing it. And like, these are based on actual events of UFO encounters or like experiences that people shared. And, you know, just from like the cover, you know, it, it evokes like that, the Parker books by Darwin cook. I was just like the one yeah. black and white. Cause the entire book is like that. It's all. in. Oh, books. nice. Yeah. It's just a beautiful book. Um, and you know, it talks about, um, so I'll just read this. I'm going to read the little snippet because it describes like the event that they're talking about. So it's, it's, it was Tuesday, September 9th, 1961, when Betty and Barney Hill began a long drive home to Portsmouth, New Hampshire from their modest holiday in Montreal. The couple had heard that a hurricane was making its way up the coast and having already exceeded their budget for the vacation, they determined it was in their best interest to make the drive home overnight. And that's when they encounter what they describe as a UFO. A lot of it kind of feels like like reporting, right? Like the, there's this, and there is dialogue between them, but it is very like almost like jur journalism in terms of like the way the story is being presented. I mean, I just I love. I think Oming is like killing it on the art on this book. He's he's always been a great artist. I, I mean, always been a great artist, but I yeah. really love what he's bringing to the table here. I'm telling you, like the blue. It's just such a brilliant idea. I love stuff like this like and that's what i really love about the parker books and i think he does this in such a way that it just it really helps the mood and the tone it uh -huh. being in in all blue you know and this this panel too like when he gets out of the car and he's and they're experiencing the you know the ufo yeah. well, that looks awesome I'm, I'm a huge like close encounters of the third kind fan and like i'm getting those kind of vibes too like like that yeah just that and, and like and like just strictly letting the art tell the story like the yes. close-up and stuff and then the 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 silhouettes of the aliens like i can't i can't even describe to you how much fun oh I wow had. just i like love that reason. that kind of psychedelic background behind the aliens. yeah too. and then look and then the red and that just tells you like for me like when you read it it's like holy shit danger is about to fucking take yeah me. something's about to go down and then th then it ends on this him running they're gonna capture us so I think that um, if you like UFOs, if you like, and I really love either film, TV, or comic books. All my media, all media that I love when it's based on actual events, because there it just has that added kind of like, oh shit, this 
did this or didn't this happen? Because obviously right, sometimes yeah. when stuff gets adapted into film or television or comics, you're going to you're going to take some liberties, right? Because you have yeah, to... Yeah, because you want to build a more cohesive narrative. And you so. want to make it engaging because sometimes mm -hmm. the true story is not engaging all, the entire time, right? There is some... Can be some boring parts or some stuff that's not as engaging and you have to kind of cut that and make it like a story, right? But I think with just this first issue, I'm I'm ready for more. I can't wait to see what else they, they have in store for us. And then you also have a backup story. It's called True Weird Presents... And it's going to be different stories each time. This is by Klaus Janssen, does the art. Oh, shit, bro. And this is all black and white. Um, I won't get too Another much. Another book to add to my poll list. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're good, bro. Yeah, I, I feel like you you kind of are, have been adding stuff to my pile, and I feel like I've been doing the same thing. So I like this, uh, you know, like it's describing encounters with like weird things of people's accounts. And I just, I love that. So that stuff fascinates me. I remember when yeah. I was like in high school, constantly looking up stories like this, like UFO encounters or conspiracy theories. Yeah, I love all that stuff too. And then I think I found a website where like I was really digging deep and then I like got paranoid. I'm like, can the, <laughs> can the government, like, can they see? Yeah, yeah. am I, I getting flagged? Over yeah, here, I was yeah. like, it's like, is this too crazy? Like, because it was like government conspiracy. So I was like, maybe I should like take a step back i'm, I'm gonna like he, not look at this he must be a huge fan because he also writes department of truth which is another book that's all about he's somebody yeah he's somebody I really you can tell well research too so he, he's a writer that really does a lot of research too like it, yeah definitely and i mean i think and and like look i think i hope i'm not saying this out of turn but like i think scott snyder is a mentor of his and scott snyder is like huge into like building history and going with historical facts in a lot of his stories and you know, he kind of goes this the same route. James Tynan is doing that with this. He's doing that with, like you said, Department of Truth. And I would love to pick his brain. Like he's somebody I would love to have on the channel and kind of like dig deeper. Yeah, same. Especially just, since I've been I've been reading Department of Truth. I'm on the second volume now, and like I'd love to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, and but just like talking to Oming and like talking about like UFO encounters and like where this book, where the series is going to continue because they do have ideas for more. There is like this miniseries this five issue run is only talking about this couple and you know and the fact that they were you know they were an interracial couple back in the 60s that was not a that was not commonplace not like it is now so that yeah. in turn is like also going to play a factor in terms of like people believing them right 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 so yeah. i think that if if you haven't heard about the book if you were kind of on the fence not knowing about it i think this is good whether you like ufo stories or not it's a beautiful book it's well written and go pick it up because you will not be disappointed you sold me man again so <laughs> uh, it looks like i might be making a trip to the shop later on again today you know? <laughs> i know i was thinking the same thing earlier all right i guess my uh my last book's gonna be um the latest issue of amazing spider-man it's uh amazing spider-man number 20 and it's the uh the second issue of the uh you know joe kelly and Terry and uh, Rachel Dodson uh, fill in uh, arc, a little too many arcs that um, completes uh, the story where Peter and the black cat, they try to have a romantic getaway and uh, like all things Parker and Parker luck, it doesn't go the way he planned and uh, gets uh, invaded by a bunch of tech bros who are using stolen Sinister Six technology to sort of have a bunch of fun cosplay. I mean, that's, how, that's kind of glossing over the storyline. There's a little bit more than that, but that's the setup. 
I loved it, man. I I I, uh, I realized when I read this that I do miss Joe Kelly writing comics. Like he he was such a force, such a big part of what made Deadpool what he is today. Yep. And uh, also the, the you know Terry Dodson uh, and Rachel Dodson, great artistic pair. And uh, it's it's a great story, man. Uh, it it does what I think every fill-in story do, should do. Like when uh, when you want to you know give the regular uh, team a break, is that you give someone something a little different, but you still find ways to sort of bring in things from their arc to make it feel cohesive. So, you know, a big part of what's, what's been going on in Spider-Man recently has been like, what the hell, what the fuck happened between Peter and Mary Jane, you know? And there's a scene in this comic where Black Cat and Peter, or Felicia and Peter, talk about that and about his feelings for Mary Jane. And uh, I've seen the panel being shared around uh, on uh, on Instagram, and you know some people are going to be a little bit taken aback by it because I mean, spoiler alert! Again, uh, Peter's telling Felicia that he uh, he's like he's basically saying, "Look, I've always loved Mary Jane, but I'm not sure if that love is changing, and he's not sure what kind of love it is anymore." So you know that that can be seen as a bit controversial because it's like, is he falling out of love with her? Is it transitioning to more of like, a, I just love this person on a different level because they've always been in my life. They've been through so much together. We don't know where it's going. But the way I'm seeing it is that way, that we don't know where it's going, which is a great little tidbit because that's been the sort of the feel with the storyline is like, there's so much mystery about what happened to Peter six months ago. Why is he working with Norman Osborn? Why is he not with Mary Jane? And why is Mary Jane with another man? And, you know, almost starting a family with him. And you're starting to see little hints of it here. And I think this is the first time Peter sort of addressed his feelings for Mary Jane in this current arc. And I thought it was done well. And I thought it was cool that they did it in this arc because that way this arc does not just feel like a throwaway, like something that won't yeah. fit in when the entire larger arc has been done. It definitely progresses the storyline. It definitely makes the relationship between Felicia and Peter a little stronger. It fleshes out Felicia Hardy. It fleshes out Peter's current situation. And again, it's also a lot of fun. Uh, Joe Kelly is, is great at bringing in the jokes and making humor a big part of his story. And there's a lot of laugh out loud moments. And uh, he's a writer, I think, that really writes a great Peter Parker. Like, I love my Peter when he's, you know, throwing out the quips and the corny jokes. And Joe Kelly excels at that. Yeah. And he, he really brings that in. And it's beautifully drawn. I mean, the Dotsons create a, like very, very beautiful artwork, man. And like, they know how to, how to, like, they're up to me like i think they might be my favorite people to draw the black cat like they make felicia Same. just amazing looking you know yeah. and they've drawn that character many times over many different series and i don't think that that's by accident they clearly have a love for the character and i love felicia hardy and it's always a, a welcome to see her being being brought back into the parker stories into the spider-man story so again great little two-issue arc Glad it was there. I'm excited to get back to the Seb Wells and uh, Romita Jr. and see what's going on there. But by, by all means, this is not a throwaway uh, mm -hmm. pause. This is something that is great. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I enjoyed this arc too. I love Joe Kelly. I mean, going back to obviously his Deadpool. I mean, I think I, that was some of my first Deadpool comics, you know, like yeah. I got, I got those original miniseries and then I got that first issue Deadpool with Ed McGinnis on art. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. You know? And I, I mean, I think even art. Liefeld has on his podcast has said several times how important Joe Kelly was to Deadpool. Yeah. I mean, he definitely like, I mean, breaking the fourth wall, that was, that was Joe yeah. Kelly that started that stuff, you know? And like, yeah, he even like wrote some great Superman stuff in the early two thousands. 
I think during I think you and I maybe have mentioned like didn't he write what's what's uh what's uh what's so good about truth justice in the American yeah like that that very famous Manchester Black yeah Manchester Black and all that yeah that's a great one of the best single issue Superman stories ever done you know and um yeah I think like he was I feel like he was a part of like when we because I think we talked about doing like an our worlds at war episode possibly he was a part yeah because that that was during that period yeah yeah so like he's just such a great writer and I, I definitely miss seeing his work more. I know he's got an image book out. I can't remember the name for the life of me. I think it's immortal sergeant. Immortal like sergeant. Yeah, you're right. I've been wanting to pick it up because it, it looks good. And then the art is really cool too. So yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's just such a great writer, dude. And like he, certain characters are really like, or certain writers just like no characters. And like, it's almost like they're meant to write them. He's meant to write, spider-man deadpool maybe wasn't necessarily say he was meant to write deadpool but he he made it so now that is kind of his character to write a little bit you know like yeah can always write deadpool and it will always be funny like because he just gets the character and but he uh, has a, he writes peter parker very well man like very like, well this to me the the, the parker and these two issues has been like the classic peter that i love like you know like donna's luck a, a bit thick-headed sometimes you know like you know, we've talked about it like what makes peter great is that like he's sometimes a bit of an asshole and that he can be a little bit selfish sometimes you know because like he he gets so wrapped up in his head that that he doesn't really sort of see other people sometimes and like it's great it does it makes him like so relatable as a character and joe yeah. kelly gets that you know like he makes peter seem very real very very fallible like very identifiable he's great he's one of the, the best i think he's probably up there as far as spider-man writers go and i'd yeah. love to see him do more spider-man yeah yeah i'm hoping that he gets to do a couple you know maybe he can like cycle in you know like for a couple uh two issue story arcs that'd be awesome but i'm excited to see where spider-man's going because like i know we're gonna find out the whole deal with like mary jane and i'm fine with them not being together i just didn't like so how am they, I, man. I just don't like how they ended them that was my issue like i get you wanted to get rid of the marriage but I didn't like the way with which they got rid of the marriage. That was my yeah, I, I agree. You know, like you could have you could have separated them in a way that didn't feel like so forced. You know what I mean? Like you did it just to do it. Um, but I'm excited to see kind of where where that is. I know there's some like I forgot what issue number it is, but it's the one with all the characters' heads on the on the cover, like on the screens, or you know, and like there's there was like comments, rumors, like is Gwen Stacy coming back? Which I hope to God they don't do that because I think that that just really that's a death that yeah. needs to stay. Um, yes. But whatever. I I do agree though. This whole Spider Man run has been great, and I uh, I I too I'll second that. I highly recommend picking it up. Um. So my last book is a book I was also very excited to uh, check out. Looking forward to uh, Local Man from Image Comics um, by Tim Seeley and Tony Fleece. Okay. And. What's great about this book is it's, I wouldn't say it's a love letter necessarily to the 90s comics, but they definitely are about that. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, they talk about it in the afterword. I guess I'll, I'll read a little, I'll read a little bit from that just to kind of give you, I mean, look, look at this dude. You know, like what is that? Oh, that that's the that rem- that's that's that stood out of spawn eight, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. Like so, change, so you, you know, know t- Tim Seeley kind of gives a little bit of a background, talking about you know that he's been he's been loving uh, Image since day one. You're following Wizard Magazine, Comic Shop News, Young Blood, riding his. I think he talks about yeah, riding his bike at fifteen. Fifteen 
0.3 miles from his house, you know, just to get the comics and uh, teaming up, teaming up with um, Tony Fleece of Stray Dogs. You know, everybody knows him from that. You know, he's been killing it with that. He did a book called Time Shopper with uh, Christian Misi, who we're both huge fans of. Um, yeah. And I just love that it's about a character called Jack Zaver. I, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, and he was used to be a super called uh, Crossjack. So the flip book is back then. This is him down on his luck, right? And it just it opens up with oh, him. so it's telling like like in different in different time periods, right? So it opens up with him sitting at a bus stop, and he is waiting for a bus that's not coming. And then he realizes it and a, a truck comes by and asks him, like, are you crossjack? Then speeds away. So <laughs> then he's like, he's trying to get like a basically like an Uber, right? But they call it driver. Um, and he's like, and so the guy from the truck yells back, he's like, Oh, Jack, Xavier, did you call for a driver? And then he starts laughing, and then he and then uh or Jack is like, Oh, it's cool, just you know, keep driving so I can get another driver. And as the truck driver is driving away, he just flips him off. He's like, fuck Crossjack. And you're just like wondering, like, oh, like what the fuck happened with this guy? And so like it's throughout this um this story, like you don't really find out what's you don't find out what he did. He did something wrong. He goes to his parents' house and even them, they're like, you know, why did you fuck this up? Why did you why did you do what you did? And you don't kind of like you get hints of it like what i could only assume was maybe he messed with her on the team that he was a part of and she was with him because you do learn about them in the back part of the book so tony fleece does the art in this tim seeley does the writing and art in the in the back you know he's back in his like it's a very small rural town where he's from and he's in the bar and one of his old arch enemies which is just such a such a goofy looking costume and his name's hodag and he comes <laughs> after him and crossjack's like jack's back and he like takes a fucking trash can lid and they proceed to fight and after this he meets when he's in the bar he meets somebody from his past they go they're sitting uh in the in the diner that she owns and you know they're talking a little bit and another funny little like uh joke between them like he's in she's like he's like oh you've always made uh like good food or whatever and she calls it the morning quickie and she's like that's not the only morning quickie that that you liked you know so like <laughs> there's that banter so obviously they had a relationship but as he comes out of this diner his old team comes back and they basically he gets in trouble for, like for fighting the guy because he's per his what is it i guess uh oh the contract that he that when he left he's not allowed to fight He's not allowed to wear the costume. Use He's not allowed to use a shield. He's like, I didn't use a shield. I used a trash can lid. And then they start reading off the stuff that he's not allowed to use. Or not That's allowed interesting. to use. So he can't fight crime. He can't do anything. And then the mystery of it all, like the villain that came back is sitting in a, he gets taken to jail. He's sitting in jail. So, but like he was trying to say something to Crosscheck. It wasn't just him trying to fight. Like he was trying to give him a message. And that's where the mystery of the book is. What was he trying to tell him? what's going forward and he's being spied on too like there's a Ooh. little drone at the end right like that's spying on that was like in the grass as he's walking back home the thing that really grabbed me billy kincaid you remember him from spawn yes of course 
Yeah, dude. I mean that that's so, that's a direct homage, you know. Direct direct homage to that, and um, I mean, I, I guess I should have said spoiler alert because the villain gets killed, and you. But we so he never get to find out like what was he trying to tell Crossjack, and then in the back, which is full on fucking '90s fucking image, you know, just like oh, sorry. That's awesome, dude. You know, and uh, all the different characters, the different names, you know, and finding out what, you know, like you have Cutting Edge is is one of the kids. This is that's Cutting perfect, Edge. perfect, man. Yeah. This is Soft Core. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so... Air Raider. Big Island. You know, like just... Uh, it's <laughs> that's just, like just the, perfect. The descriptions of them. You got Neon right here. You have Camo Crusader down here um that's and, awesome and then you have the desolators that they're fighting and uh painkiller fright side the hodag merciless and, and superior so it's like everything they loved about the 90s comics they're putting into this but also you're in the modern day so i love that so you get the flashbacks in the flip book and obviously that was a thing that i mean liefeld was doing back then i think some of the other image books might have been doing it i don't I feel like it was mostly liefeld they did that with his extreme books, you know, like the flip book of Brigade, the flip book of Youngblood 2. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, if you liked... I miss flip books, man. So, I love them. So if you like Early Image, this is a book for you. Even if you don't like Early Image, I think it's it definitely stands on its own, you know, in terms of like what they're doing. It's definitely a good setup to see the superhero that can't fight crime anymore. You don't know why. He did something obviously douchey, I'm assuming, because of that fucking smirk yeah. in that one panel. And then, like, who's following him? Who's watching him? Like, what could he have done so bad that he can't? That like, he had to sign something saying that he won't even fight crime. Yeah, yeah I've never, yeah, I've never fine. heard that story before. So I'm, I'm very yeah. Excited that's a, that's a cool concept. Like, about yeah. you know, we've we've seen a lot of stories about like heroes that have been kicked out of teams and like are dealing with that years later. But I've never seen that angle where like he, you know there was like a contract involved and he's like legally bound to do or not do certain things that's a that's a cool setup yeah and just like the like the letter like not the letters page but you know the editorial looking like it was from the from early image this page i was gonna ask you yeah, like, like, the <laughs> you know yeah so i was i was i really wish they would have done dedicated to because you know how like the early image is all dedicated yeah to yeah yeah every like every issue of spawn was dedicated to somebody else yeah so i thought that would totally. be cool if they did but either way like it's a total love letter to, to early image and it doesn't feel like, you know, we talked about like something being corny or not. Like it's not, it's a fun book. Both stories are good. I, you know, like, and it's, I feel like that's going to be like where they're kind of leading you up to like what he did. So like mm -hmm. that the main story can kind of go on its own. Like you're not, right. I, I feel like that's where we're going to find the backstory. And I, I just can't recommend it enough. Tony Fleece is like such a great creator, such a great guy. And so many of the stuff like Stray Dogs, I said, Time Shopper, really good. I know he's. I love. I love Stray Dogs. That was a good one. Yeah, great book. So go pick it up. You won't be disappointed. And that's all. Uh, I think that's, yeah, all, that's we all we got, got for, this for today, right? Uh, yeah. This is what I, you know. Shout out. We're gonna probably no. We are gonna do a video on it. But yeah, Hulk Grand Design came out this week, and like, I mean, I just wanna, I just wanted to mention it because I, I, I can't get enough of this book. I've been looking at it for since yesterday. And I have the day off and I have a doctor's appointment later and I might just take this with me so I can look at it while I'm waiting, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's great, man. So, I mean, that would probably be my ultimate pick of the week. But yeah, yeah, but it, 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 it's good. It's amazing that it needs its own, like, 
dedicated episode. It I needs think. its own dedicated episode, and and we have to like do one where we're like got the camera overhead, man, like flipping through, so that we can kind of yes. share everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I want to get that set up uh, uh, on my end over here too. Because if we're going to do it for any book for the first time, it needs to be this one. Because this is a book that you need to look at. That's why we don't want to really mention it in, in just a weekly picks. Because although it is my number one pick, probably, Same. It, it's it's more than that. Because it's not a weekly book. You know, This is something that's going to look amazing on your shelf. So so if you're out of the comic shop, definitely pick up all the books we talked about. But pick up Hulk Grand Design, too. Yeah, I, I second that, dude. And uh, I can't wait to to see what comes out next week. I know there's some good stuff coming out, and I'll be excited. It's been such a great, great year so far, man. You know, yeah. like like every every week, I mean, going to the comic shop is always a highlight for me, you know. But, but now I get, like, that jazz feeling as I walk in the door where, like, it just makes my day better going there, you know. Like, even if I have to work afterward and I have, like, a 12-hour shift or whatever afterward, just walking in there and knowing that, like, at the very least, I'm going to have two or three books a week that I'm going to read and love. It's just, it's great, man. People who are complaining about not having good comics now, you're, you're just like, you're just being haters because there's tons of good comics from all sorts of sources and they're coming out every fucking week, man. So yeah. it's a great time to be reading comics and a great time to have a full list. I agree. Yeah, go support your local comic shop. And I was sure. going to say that, man. Yes, if you love comics, Get into the habit of having a pull list. It's a lot easier for you. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about things selling out. And it keeps your comic shop open. Yeah, I second oh, that, dude. I mean, and and it keeps me employed over there so I can keep talking comics with people, you know? I mean, I think, look, comic book shops are the lifeblood of this industry, man. Like, you can get recommendations from Amazon, but it's not the same, dude. It's like you when you go into a shop, you're getting an experience, you're getting people. I mean, for the most part, I know there's some shops that maybe don't have the best customer service, but I know like for me, like that's why I love working there is because I love yeah. turning people on to new stuff. That's why I started a YouTube channel. That's why I started my website, all that stuff, right? So that yeah, I could same. spread, you know, the gospel of comics, dude, the love of comics. And, uh, you know, comic shops now more than ever, you know, they need your support because so many people are going to like, amazon and stuff and you know but you can't replicate what you get in the shop no online and with all the insanity going over on comiXology which was honestly comiXology was a great source for comics but the future of that is very uncertain we don't know where amazon is taking and what direction that is going for so like if you want comics to stay vital man just go to your lcs and and get a pull list even if you just subscribe to one or two books you know comics i get it they're expensive and 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 I, I feel it, you know what I mean? But I'm willing to support the hobby because it makes me happy. Same. But even if you even if you just buy, buy one or two books, of, the, there's enough great comics out there that you will definitely find at least one fucking book a month that you love. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I guarantee that. I'll bet my fucking apartment on it, you know? So go, go read comics, guys. It's a great time to be reading comics. The industry and the medium is alive and well and flourishing. Yeah, and and uh, after you're supporting your local comic shop, make sure you support uh, Manny and I and follow yeah. us on our social media. All Manny's links are down below. Comic Lounge links are down below. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you're notified every time we drop a new vid. And on that note, we're out. See you next week, guys.